Welcome to the second season of Alternative Parenting Podcast, where we learn how to guide our kids to find their own path while supporting them in cultivating traits that will empower them to live a life of fulfillment, meaning, and satisfaction. I'm your host, Efrat Amira. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of this podcast. Humans have always lived in communities. This is our nature. The saying, it takes a village to raise a child, is absolutely true. Parenting is not meant to be done in isolation. And in our times, parents are very alone. We are expected to do everything by ourselves. And that puts us under unbearable pressure. This leads us to lash out on our kids, try to control them, manipulate them, and try anything just so they will listen to us. What I want to talk about today is what is called power over parenting. I want to explain what it is and what are its effects. Power over parenting is a parenting style that uses power and control as day-to-day parenting tools. Before we dive into this, I want to say that if this is you, There is no judgment here. If you are raised in this type of parenting, there is a good chance that this is your default pattern in parenting. I also want to say that your history doesn't have to be your destiny and that you can change your patterns. I help parents do exactly that as a coach and I see true transformations occur. If this is something that interests you, contact me on marsupialmama.efrat at gmail.com. In addition, in later episodes, I will teach you a practice to start to do that transformation. But in the meantime, if this interests you, I highly recommend reading Daniel Siegel's and Mary Herzl's book, Parenting from the Inside Out. None of us can refrain from these power over techniques entirely. The conditions in which we raise our children put parents and kids under so much stress. We are living in unnatural times. We can just do our best and with time and practice, not using these techniques will get easier and easier. So what do I mean by power over parenting strategies? Power over parenting strategies are shaming, belittling, humiliating, comparing, manipulating, including praise and reward. Yes, also these are considered controlling techniques threatening, bribing, and physical punishment. I need a breath. These strategies don't feel good to anyone. Both parent and child suffer from them tremendously. There are some kids that these methods will quote-unquote work with, and by that I mean that they will cooperate with what the parent wants, but they will do so out of fear, and the price they will pay is suppressing their own wants, desires, and emotions to a point where they can detach from their true self, and that is a type of trauma for any person. Other kids will fight back against these power over techniques and you will find yourself needing to exert more and more power in order to be effective, on the way making your child feel 
like he is bad and unworthy. In both situations, the child's sense of worth and the relationship takes a big toll. A child that grows up in this environment learns that he doesn't have a voice, that his feelings and needs don't matter, and maybe are wrong, that he can't be himself in the house because he will be berated for it. So he hides parts of himself until he forgets who he is. He learns that relationships are conditional and that he is loved only on certain terms. He learns that external motivations are more important than internal ones. The child lives in a high-stress environment and doesn't develop into his best self. The child learns that feelings are associated with punishment, disconnection, humiliation, and shame. So although these strategies may seem to work in the short term, and the parent will get more control over the child's behavior, in the long term, it does exactly the opposite than what we want, which is to nurture our children's self-esteem resilience, and true maturation. Kids who don't have a safe place at home to be seen, heard, and have a sense of belonging have a much greater risk of participating in harmful and dangerous behaviors when they get to the teenage years. Also, in these years, it is essential to have a strong relationship with them so you can have an influence over their lives and help them navigate these extremely complicated years. As parents, we lose our power as our children grow older. The more power you exert when they are younger, the less power you will have over them as they grow older. As Laura Markham explains in her book, Peaceful Parents, Happy Kids, punishment doesn't create good behavior, but actually promotes more of the unwanted behavior because punishment teaches the wrong lessons. It teaches that you get what you want by force. It makes the child believe that he is bad, and that becomes his sense of self, and he lives up to that expectation. It makes kids not take responsibility for their actions. It makes kids become more defiant, angry, and aggressive. It makes the child focus less on whether the behavior is good or bad, but on whether she will get punished or not. And finally, using punishment erodes the relationship with the parent which is the strongest motivation kids have to cooperate with us. In addition, punishment is based on a wrong assumption that kids act as they do willfully, when actually many times they are not. They get overridden with their emotions and are not able to activate the part of their brain that is in charge of regulation, rational thinking, and understanding others' points of view. To learn more about this, listen to episode 3 where I talk about our kids' brain development. Another great point that Dr. Markham writes is that we punish less to regulate our kids, but actually we are not able to take responsibility for our own anger and restoring our sense of calm. We punish because we feel under attack. But the truth is that no punishment will help us regulate. Our job is to take ownership of our feelings and learn to self-regulate so that our kids will learn to regulate as well. Why don't these strategies work? As humans, we have a basic need for agency and autonomy. When we are met with force, our human instinct is to exert counterforce. This is not done out of will, but of what Gordon Neufeld calls counterwill, and that is an unconscious behavior. It's an internal resistance. Kids' counterwill is actually essential for their growth and development as a mechanism for a healthy separation from the parents and helps the child emerge his sense of self 
and his internal motivations and preferences. When a parent exerts power over a child, he feels threatened, and that brings him to a state of stress and defense, and brings out the counter will. So you may ask, how do we influence our children if our will is met by counter will? A child, or for that matter, any person who has a solid sense of self, an inner knowing, and a robust sense of safety, will be able to listen to another person's request or opinion and not enter into a defensive mode. A child that has confidence can listen to the parents and do as they say from a place of understanding and respect while knowing that she won't lose her identity on the way. And that is why there is no reason to protect her identity. From this to understand that our primary job is to promote our children's sense of self and true maturation. Once we do that, we can expect their cooperation with no need to force anything. Counter will grows as attachment weakens. If we work on creating a secure attachment based on making our kids feel seen, safe, soothed, and secure, we will reduce the defensiveness and counter will. Using these power over techniques undermines all these conditions. The child doesn't feel safe because he knows that he may get yelled at, punished, disconnected from, or spanked. The child doesn't feel seen because no one is trying to understand her inner world, but only looking at the external behavior. The child doesn't feel soothed because no one is trying to teach him regulation by example or by co-regulation. Eventually, the child doesn't feel security in herself, in her relationship, and in the world. So how do we teach our children society norms? How do we set boundaries? Do we just let them do what they want? No. We guide our kids through presence, empathy, conscious communication, and the exploration of solutions together. Listen to episode 7 where I dive in depth about how we do that. We have to remember as parents that our job is to raise humans that will go out to the world equipped to deal with everything that comes their way. Our goal is a long-term one, and if we focus on obedience and good behavior today, we are missing the point. We want to teach our kids that their needs matter and that others' needs matter as well. In the next episode, I will talk about human needs and how we can navigate getting everyone's needs met. Talk to you then. Bye for now. I hope you enjoyed this episode and was inspired to make small shifts in your parenting that will support your kids to bring forth their full potential while living a life of ease and well-being. To support the show, please make sure to subscribe and rate the show. Leaving a comment can be very helpful in promoting the show on the podcast platform. If you think that this can benefit other parents, please share this podcast with them. I invite you also to follow my Instagram account, Alternative Parenting Coach, and join my private Facebook group, Alternative Parenting, where I would love to hear your thoughts about the episode, what you learned, what inspired you, or what you didn't agree with. Your feedback is extremely valuable to me as we are all in this process together, living, learning, and evolving. Thank you again, and I'll talk to you soon.